Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is December 3rd, 2021, and our first story. A woman at her home, police arrive in Australia and tell her that she may have had contact with someone with COVID and thus she was being forcefully detained for two weeks at an internment camp. The propaganda is thick, but her story exposes the mistreatment and the lies. In her next story, a BLM activist tries to intimidate a judge in the Dante Wright case. He has since been arrested. In our last story, Ron DeSantis of Florida has proposed setting up a civilian military force. Now, it would be the 23rd in the country, but the left is calling it his personal Gestapo. Now, if you like the story, give us a good review and tell your friends about it. Now, let's get into that first story. There's been more and more news about the COVID Omicron variant, or as Joe Biden likes to call it, the Omicron variant. And a lot of people are worried. We're hearing from Fauci. He's saying, you know, we don't think it'll be that bad, but prepare for the worst. I've speculated I think we'll see hard lockdowns coming soon. And in many countries, we're already getting that. Germany, of course, announced mandatory vaccinations are being planned. There's going to be a vote on this, but they are locking down anybody who is not vaccinated. Now, of course, in Australia, it's probably the worst we've seen out of most countries. And I think it's fair to say China was a lot worse, literally welding people's doors shut and uh, disappearing people, videos of people being dragged out of their homes. Rather nightmarish. In Australia, they've created several quarantine camps, the largest of which is the Howard Springs Camp. Let's be fair and say they're internment camps because, well, many people got angry when I referred to it as a concentration camp. In the true sense of the definition, sure, we don't really use it that way, meaning a place where a large group of people or individuals are concentrated because they're part of one group or another. Internment camps. People are being taken from their homes because they're suspected of having contact with someone who has COVID. Let me break that down for you again. In Australia, the police are going to people's homes and saying, we believe you may have had contact with someone who has COVID. Get in the van or else $5,000 fine. Now, of course, when I pointed this out, I was immediately attacked by propagandists. In fact, right now in Australia, they're claiming white supremacists are spreading misinformation. Of course, they're not saying it's me. I'm not saying that. No, I was targeted by Quillette's Claire Lehman and Jesse Single, both of whom 
are outright lying about what's going on. And I can only say it's propaganda. I can't tell you why. Now, on the screen, you have some hot babes and Claire Lehman pushing a lie about the hot babes. Now, I don't think that Claire Lehman is the most prominent media figure, but she is the founder of Quillette. I believe she also formerly worked for Rebel News. I mean, these are anti-establishment outlets, or at least we assume, well, Rebel News is, we assume that Quillette was. But Claire has been doing seemingly everything in her power to make it seem like people are happy in these quarantine camps where they're being taken by force. The most egregious news and why this story is so important is that currently in the Northern Territory, indigenous people are being told, this was announced by the chief minister of the Northern Territories in Australia, that you cannot leave your home even to get food. Now, he didn't say that specifically. What he said was the five reasons to leave your home are no more. You can only leave for medical treatment, emergency medical treatment. It used to be that you could go out for exercise to see one of your personal contacts or to do essential shopping. Now, no. You can't even leave to get food. The, uh, the, the chief minister also stated that he would like to thank the Australian Defense Force, their military, for the personnel and the army trucks used to transport around 38 close contacts or suspects to this internment camp 300 kilometers away. This is fact provable. I have all the sources and I'll show you. To then see Claire Lehman and Jesse Single and many others outright lying along with the Australian government, it's very serious. We as an international community, whatever that means, whatever you think it means, should speak out against this. I'm not saying America should intervene or anything, but I'll certainly criticize the horrific actions being taken by the government. I'm not going to pretend that this is comparable to death camps or anything stupid like that. No, but we now have a witness a woman named Haley Hodgson, who was taken there, even though she did not have COVID, was not allowed to leave and was told that if she stepped foot off of her balcony, she would be fined $5,000. And then I'll show you how the propaganda machine works, how they're trying to cover up what they're doing to these people. And of course, Haley was able to film. Haley was able to get out of this facility after two weeks. Again, I'm not saying that we're at the point where they're killing people. But if you tolerate people being taken by force without due process, coercion, then it only escalates from there. This all started because I said it's only a matter of time before the camps they've built are used to take their own citizens by force without due process. And I was told by the likes of Quillette that would never happen. These were international arrival bungalows, but here we are. It will get worse. I believe the Howard Springs facility, maybe there's, there's another facility, I believe, being built in Brisbane, set to be completed mid-2022, which is to imply they plan to expand this operation. Now, we can sit back and ignore it, or we can at the very least speak out and you can be informed, informed about it. Now, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member to help support our journalism and our work. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments of all of our shows. We just launched a new pop culture show, Pop Culture Crisis. If you want to talk about Spider-Man and watch movies, hey man, check that stuff out. It's really fun. It's a new show, a little rough around the edges, but we're getting there. You'll also be supporting all of our journalists, and we just hired a new journalist. We're doing a lot of important work. If you think this work is good, go to TimCast.com, join by clicking sign up in the top right. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's get started with the first and very important piece of context. Why did I title this video, Hot Babe Exposes the Propaganda and the Mistreatment? Claire Lehman said on Twitter, 
just discovered that there's a Howard Springs hashtag on Instagram, and it's full of hot babes posing at what Tim Cast calls a concentration camp. And in fact, she did show many hot babes posing. I can't tell if they're smiling. They're all wearing masks. Maybe they are. This is manipulation and propaganda because we actually have this story right now. Now, the story is from Unheard, an interview with Haley Hodgson. Real Clear Politics backs up the story, writing about it. Inside Australia's Howard Springs COVID internment camp, you feel like you're in prison. They say Haley Hodgson, 26, moved to Darwin from Melbourne to escape the never ending lockdowns, only to find herself locked up in a COVID internment camp without even having the virus. Now, I want to show you real clear politics because there are many outlets picking up the story. It is confirmed and verified. And I even did some groundwork. Unheard actually reached out to me when I tweeted about this, wanting some clarification. It turns out this young woman was taken for two weeks to a camp, even though she did not have COVID. She says as punishment for lying to the police. I did a little background, couldn't verify some facts, but they provided me with the information. And of course, this woman also has video from inside the camp corroborating her story. And boy, is it nightmarish. She lost her job. She was told she couldn't leave for any reason. She could could leave to do her laundry. That was it. Exercise? No. When she said it was making her feel uneasy, they said, we'll give you Valium. Here's the story from Unheard. The hot babe, as Claire Claire Lehman stated, this is a young, attractive 26-year-old woman. That's the point I'm making. If she wants to come out, Claire Lehman, and say, hot babes are all enjoying it. Well, I found a hot babe for you. Actually, I'm sorry, Unheard did, did an interview, and boy, are they not happy with what's going on. Haley Hodgson, 26, moved to Darwin from Melbourne to escape the never-ending lockdowns, only to find herself locked up in a COVID internment camp without even having the virus. She's just returned from a 14-day detention at Howard Springs, just outside of Darwin. In an exclusive interview with Freddie Sayers, she recounted her experiences. It all began when a friend of hers tested positive. She recounts how investigators came to her home shortly afterwards, having run the number plate on her, of her scooter to identify her as a close contact. They asked if she had done a COVID test. And in the moment, she lied and said she had, when in fact she had not yet. This set in train an extraordinary series of events. Quote, so then the police officers blocked my driveway, she says. I walked out and I said, what's going on? Are you guys testing me for COVID? What's happening? They said, no, you are getting taken away and you have no choice. You're going to Howard Springs. You either come with us now and we'll put you in the back of a divvy van or you can have a choice to get a COVID cab. I just said, I don't consent to this. I don't understand why I can't just self-isolate at home like a lot of other people are doing. And they said, we've just been told from higher up where to take you. And that's all that there is. This is how it begins. In World War II, in Nazi Germany, they didn't pull up to people's homes and say, everyone hop in the death car. Because people being told they are facing death would revolt. They lie. It's a con game. You have to convince people everything is okay. That's why Claire Lehman is an evil piece of trash putting out this hot babes tweet, convincing everybody. What's the big deal? I've seen the photos of the hot babes. I'll have no problem going there. But eventually you give the state these powers. They will do unimaginable things. Are they doing them now? I don't believe so. But if people feel you know what? The government has pulled up with, 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 a, with a divvy van or, or a COVID cab. You know what? I might as well just go. I've seen the videos. It'll probably be fine. And what happens? They threaten her. We'll keep you here longer. No due process. $5,000 fines. So here you are at the COVID camp. 
and you're locked in this little room. You can go out on the balcony and they say, if you step foot off this, we'll find you. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Uh Uh-oh, you've taken your mask off to have a sip of tea. And they say, you've just violated COVID protocol. We have to now restart your quarantine because you could have been exposed. Sorry, you were talking to your neighbor. They may be exposed. Time to reset the quarantine. Now you're there for three weeks. Why should we sit back and let them build camps where they're taking people without due process by threat of fine or coercion or imprisonment. Three teenagers who were not infected with COVID escaped from the facility and were hunted down by the police. Do we sit back and just say, let it get worse? This all started because I said that it's only a matter of time before what's described as international rival bungalows becomes citizen detainment camps. Because in the beginning, they said these camps are only for people who are arriving internationally and need to quarantine. Because if you're coming from somewhere else, we don't know where you've been, you got to quarantine. Started with hotels. And we said, that's fine. Then they said, well, hotels are a problem. So we'll do camps. Then they said, I said, that's not fine. They said, no, 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 no. All these people like Claire Lehman, Jesse Single, it's fine. It's fine. It's just an international arrival bungalow, says Josh Zepps of ABC Australia. Then I said, how long until you go to someone's house and take them? And they said, that is not happening. You conspiracy theorist. I didn't say it was. I said, how long until? Well, truth be told, it was only two months because now it is happening. So how long until they start keeping people there beyond two weeks? Maybe it won't happen. I can't see the future. But you see where it's going. She was ordered to pack a bag and was told that she could be released once she tested negative. Collected in the pack back of a rented van, she was then transported to Howard Spring. On arrival, she was told she would have to stay for the 14 days. You literally get put in the back, put in the back of a golf buggy with your bags. And these people are in hazmat suits and everything. They don't want to come near you because they think you're infectious. And they literally drop you to your room and they leave you. They don't come and say anything. They don't check up. They don't do anything. You get delivered your meals once a day and you are just left. She was tested three times during the 14 days and on each occasion tested negative. At one stage, she was disciplined for leaving the confines of her cabin without a mask and was threatened with a $5,000 fine. On another occasion, she was told how she was offered Valium to calm her down. I've got videos of this. We'll jump to it. In the end, she says that she was told by the CDC and the CDC that she was being punished for lying to the police. Now, a lot of people said there's no Australian CDC. And I questioned that as well on Twitter. I said, I mean, this sounds interesting. I'm not going to blindly believe this story from this woman unless she can prove she's been there. 
She did have video from the camp, but she did say the CDC claimed she was being punished. I couldn't find any information about a CDC. Now, if you Google search it, you'll find many posts of organizations in Australia saying we should have one. Well, in response to this, Unheard reached out and said that this is confirmed. There are local CDCs, and she was likely referring to the one in Darwin. So I do have healthdirect.gov.au, Center for Disease Control Darwin. It exists. It is, a public, it is all publicly available information. There's the Northern Territory Center for Disease Control. So I believe that this is, in fact, correct. So I stand corrected on that tweet. It, it appears to be genuine. I want to show you the video. It's two minutes and 20 seconds, and you need to hear how they were treating this woman and what they were saying. Jack Posobiec tweeted, wait, she's being held even after testing negative? Now that I get, just because you test negative does not mean you don't have COVID. When we all got COVID here, we had four negative tests. I believe it was four, maybe three, three or four. So we thought we're all fine, probably just a cold. Within a few days, all of a sudden, we are like, whoa, this is really bad. It's COVID. Let me tell you, COVID is bad. Whatever I got, it was the worst illness I've ever had. At first, I was like, the flu is worse than this. And then it escalated rapidly. And I was like, wow, this is bad. Not everybody had that. Some people had the sniffles. Take a look at this video. Say, say what's, what's the guy? So this, I'm going to give you a warning, yeah? It's an official warning. That you have to stand up and obey the rules while you get, yeah? And that's, we have to go to the rules again. I don't care. So am I allowed to go to the laundry? You're allowed to go to the laundry, but you've got to wear a mask, yeah? Yeah, righto. And you definitely can't go up the fencing rails, but you're allowed to go to the laundry, yeah? That's always been the case, yeah? Right, so if I was sitting just here, which is right near the fence, why are these guys in a cabin that's right near the fence? It makes no sense, does it? Yeah, but you can't leave your balcony to go to the fence to talk to somebody else. That's what's obvious, yeah? So if I was Again, at that balcony... So we always, there has to be lines everywhere drawn, yeah? And one of the lines is you cannot leave your balcony and you cannot go to someone else. Where it makes no sense or it doesn't seem right to you, that is the line and that's what the law is, yeah? And that's how it goes, yeah? The law. Well, the show direction. There's a law that says show that. Show direction, yep. There's a show direction, yeah? And how the behaviour must be done, especially in this area because it's much more highly infectious and likely to have infected people, yeah? Highly infectious. I want to pause right there and just point out, he says, you're in a highly infectious area. This woman has never had COVID in this instance. She tested negative. She was negative before she got there. She was negative during, before, during, and after. And they put her in a highly infectious area. Now, I don't want to play this too long. It's a little dry, but you get the point. In the video, he points out there's a yellow line on the ground. She can't cross that. You cannot leave, he says. You will get a $5,000 fine. She says, what about laundry? Yeah, you can go do your laundry, but you can't leave for, for, for any other reasons. It's literally there. It's literally happening. Take a look at this video. Let me play this one. Or run like I'm in this little box and I can't move. Can I please, I'm, you know, I'm anxious, I'm feeling not well, just I need to get out. And they literally said, we've got a doctor calling you and we'll get some Valium prescribed to you that you can call us anytime you like and you can have Valium. You can have Valium. A doctor will prescribe you Valium if you are getting cabin fever and cooped up because you cannot go outside. The propaganda being put up on social media by the likes of Claire Lehman, it's despicable. People like Jesse Single just making up fake narratives. Now, now, to be fair to Jesse Single, he wrote an article that was just it's very um, cleverly worded to avoid defamation. He says people like Tim Pool and then uses my name. 
And he's likely using my name because for some reason I have been trending on Twitter. I have like my name has been trending like to a low degree on Twitter for the past like four to six weeks. So my assumption is that he just put my name in this and accused me of wrongdoing and pushing conspiracies because he wanted to write a piece that would generate traffic. Well, it's still despicable because he's saying that the things I've presented all based on fact backed up by NewsGuard certified sources are conspiracy theories when I've got the receipts for literally everything. This is one thing I've been highlighting consistently. It's very important. I said, don't forget, if the chief minister says you can't leave your home even to get food, thanks the army for their trucks used to transport COVID suspects and you get arrested if you try to leave the camp, Jesse Single and Quillette say it's a conspiracy theory sources and thread. In the first article, they say under the original lockdown, residents could leave for five reasons. Gunner has announced Binjari and Rockhill residents now cannot leave their homes unless for medical reasons or an emergency. That means essential shopping is out. You can't even leave to eat. We have this from Grabian. Chief Minister Gunner, the army is now transferring positive COVID cases and contacts in Northern Territory, Australia to quarantine camps by army trucks. Fact stated by the chief minister himself. And lastly, from The Guardian, NT police arrest three people who escaped the Howard Springs COVID quarantine facility. All of my sources are available on that tweet. It's happening. It's not a conspiracy theory. The story was that three teenagers, 15, 16 and 17, who did not have COVID, had tested negative, escaped the facility. They were from the indigenous community. I don't know if they themselves were. And they were arrested. You ready for the propaganda? Let's see. Where, let's let's see where it goes. Washington Post: U.S. white supremacists blamed for targeting Aboriginal Australians with coronavirus vaccine misinformation. Amazing. Premier Mark McGowan, whose state is home to the city of Perth, told reporters Thursday that groups did not have the best interests of Australia's First Nation people at the at heart and wouldn't be happy if bad uh, and wouldn't be happy if bad outcomes occurred to them. He urged indigenous people to listen to medical experts about vaccines instead. McGowan said he was made aware of misinformation by local leaders. A senior Aboriginal affairs official in Western Australia, Juanita Bartholomew, said some misinformation was coming from Facebook groups, including one that had a cover image for President Trump. Ooh. She also said inaccurate information is being relayed to Aboriginal communities and that the material was linked back to groups in the U.S., according to the Australian Broadcasting Corp. Interesting. Well, we have this from Crikey. .com.au. I don't know what this source is, but I thought it was interesting because it's an Australian source and they say this. Anti-vaxxers are targeting Northern Territory indigenous communities with quarantine and vaccine conspiracies. A combination of local fringe voices and international influencers are developing and spreading misinformation. They say, positioned in front of a giant Aboriginal flag, a group of First Nation people speak one after another about the Northern Territory's COVID-19 response. The eldest, wedged between the others in the middle of the couch, speaks briefly but generally about a need for unity and sovereignty. The next speakers are more specific. They rail against lockdowns, corporate tyranny government, and claim that COVID vaccination programs are genocide. A 14-minute video of these speeches was posted to an independent news publisher's website on Wednesday, where it got 30,000 views in the eight hours before it was removed. Another version posted by an anti-vaccine Instagram account that purports to be run by indigenous Australians has 100,000 views and counting. I don't know who these guys are. I don't. I believe TimCast.com did publish the video and it's a video. These people are very clearly indigenous. Crikey even says they are. And that's about the extent that we could verify the video, that it is indigenous people in front of a flag saying these things are happening. I don't know if they are. I don't know if they aren't. Majid Nawaz 
This is the guy who, who coined the phrase regressive left. He's a prominent radio host in London, also highlighted this video. Now, these guys may be totally wrong. The one guy in the middle talks about bioweapons and new world order and stuff. And I think, you know what, maybe a little bit out there. But it certainly is indigenous people themselves in Australia saying these things. Now, maybe they're getting their information from white supremacists or who knows. But it's besides the point. These people are here. They feel this way. I don't know why they feel that way. And it may be because they're the target of misinformation. Some of the things they said, like I said, seem a little bit out there. But most importantly, the issue is we know the government has taken indigenous people by army truck to these camps, which brings me now to the lies and manipulation of Quillette, an outback conspiracy. I would like to break, break down for you how propaganda works, how lies and manipulation work. What did I say so far in this video? Did I say that armed military were taking people at gunpoint? I didn't. I actually said coercion, threats of fine, of fines. But yes, by force, like we learned from Haley Hodgson, they said, you have no choice. You can get in the divvy van or you can get in the COVID cab. And she said, fine. And she complied. In the article from Quillette, they play a very fanciful game. They say that American YouTube personality Tim Pool has taken to Twitter to raise specters of the Holocaust over a series of tweets this past week. Pool has blamed military trucks and Catherine for shipping people to concentration camps, referring to Howard Springs quarantine facility where some people have been isolated. Certainly, I did say concentration camp. And I can recognize a bit hyperbolic because, well, I didn't say Nazi death camp. I didn't say Australian death camp. I didn't say execution camp. Concentration camps in their original meaning were places where people were being concentrated for a particular reason. But we know, and I know this and you know this, and I'll be the first to admit, it does raise the specter of the Holocaust. If you take umbrage with this and don't like my opining or hyperbole, well, that's too bad. It's a statement of opinion. And yes, I was warning at the time that it's only a matter of time before people are taken from their homes to these camps, which is why I said concentration camp. Funny enough, AOC referred to the, to the ICE facilities as concentration camps. And to be fair, I said, that's a little hyperbolic, isn't it? Well, people were choosing to come to the United States. These are people who were initially choosing to go to a Australia and then being placed there. Fair criticism, I will be the first to acknowledge. I shouldn't be able, I shouldn't be criticizing AOC for people choosing to come to the US and being placed there if she's going to say concentration camp. And maybe it's a little hyperbolic. My point was, it was only a matter of time before they take their own citizens. So I'll do better next time. But a lot of people have agreed and said, well, they are concentrating people there. And now it's become a different story. The tweet in question that they took issue with was me saying, quote, authorities had identified 38 close contacts in Binjari, a number he said was likely to rise, who were transported to Howard Springs on Sunday. So I said, the Australian army is now shipping people to concentration camps for, for contact with someone with COVID? That's a question mark. Meant to be a bit hyperbolic, to be fair. Did I say the military was doing it in this tweet? Did I say the police at gunpoint? Did I say anyone was being held down and force vaccinated? I didn't say any of that. I didn't. And here's what they do. They say he blamed Australians for the acquiescence and forcefully relocating indigenous people. I mean, yes, they quite literally are. Here's what he says. There's no army here holding people down and vaccinating against their will. Nobody is being rounded up at the point of a gun. The army is not even carrying guns. If my word alone isn't good enough, you'll have to go quite deep down the rabbit hole to deny what aboriginal leaders themselves have come forward to tell the media in the past few days. Did I say they were being uh, held down and forced vaccinated? No. Did I say that they were being rounded up at the point of a gun? No. Did I say the army was carrying guns? No. What I said was 
military vehicles. Pool has blamed military trucks for shipping people to concentration camps. Well, I didn't say it necessarily like that. It wasn't it was a, a question. But um, we quite literally do have the story from Grabian saying just that. In this article, Chief Minister Gunner, here's the source, Grabian, you can see it on the screen. The army is now transferring positive COVID cases and contacts in Northern Territory, Australia to quarantine camps by army trucks. You're cruising down the highway, windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Visit now. So let's break this down. That's how they play their dirty fact check game. Again, I will stress for the third time, I'll be the first to admit concentration camp is hyperbolic, but I don't like what the government is doing in Australia. I don't like they've escalated this, and I don't like the propagandists trying to argue that it's not really happening. The argument from Claire Lehman and Jesse Single is simply that they didn't like that I said concentration camp. Sure, but what did I get wrong? My opinion, my statement, hyperbolic, fine. But what did I get wrong? The game they play is to then argue something I never said. I call this, I should, I should call this the Snope strategy. Donald Trump will do a perfect backflip off, uh, off the balcony. And everyone will say, I can't believe it. Donald Trump did a backflip. That's incredible. And then to discredit this, Snopes will say, did Donald Trump do a backflip off his balcony in a perfect fashion, getting scores of fans to cheer for him? on Sunday morning. And then they'll say, here's the claim. Donald Trump did this and a big false. And I'll look at that and say, but there's a video of it. And they'll say, while Donald Trump, all the way at the bottom, while Donald Trump did perform a perfect backflip leading to much fanfare, he didn't do it on Sunday, nor did he receive applause on Sunday. Claim is false. But no one argued it happened on Sunday. I, I didn't say the military was pointing guns at people. I didn't say that they were holding them down and vaccinating them. That's not from me. You see what they're doing. I called out that they're taking indigenous people against their will to a facility 300 kilometers away. And when they try to escape, they're hunted down and arrested. That's what happened. That's not reported by me. That's the Guardian. In order to dispel and debunk this, Quillette lies and plays a semantic manipulation. Here's Josh Zepps. He writes for Quillette and he writes for ABC and he says, Repurposing outback mining accommodation into international arrival bungalows is not the same as running a concentration camp. Concentration camps are bad because they brutalize political prisoners, not because they look ugly in aerial photos. Well, not all concentration camps, by hard definition, are brutalizing anyone, but I think it's fair to point out what he's saying. An allusion to the Holocaust where concentration camps, the colloquial term, does refer to that. Fair point. The only problem is these aren't international arrival bungalows. And my point was never that they were. 
It's that they would become what they're quite literally today, internment camps for people who are suspected of having contact with someone who has COVID. No due process, heavy fines. It will get worse from here. Let's check out some of this propaganda. Mom folding laundry on Twitter, I don't know who that is, but said, who had Claire Lehman attacks Majid Nawaz for demanding a civil rights inquiry into Australia's placing Aborigines in quarantine camps on their 2021 bingo card? One person said, I didn't even have Australia becomes a police state in my card. And someone said, life's pretty rough in the Howard Springs concentration camp. And they show all these people smiling and laughing, no masks on, all standing next to each other. This is propaganda. How do we know? In the Candid video from Haley Hodgson, they say you can't leave your, 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 your room. You can't take your mask off. None of these people are wearing masks. Now, to be fair, it may be a bunch of people who took off all their masks and took a picture. But some of these people aren't holding masks and don't have masks anywhere near them. One guy is holding a mask. This guy is holding a mask. This guy seems to have a mask on his wrist. This guy pulled his mask down. So it may just be they said, hey, let's all do a photo together. They all bunched up and did it. And it's in violation of the rules. Still, it's a false image of what's going on. In the next image, there's a guy swimming in a pool. I don't know if there's actually a swimming pool in this facility. Maybe there is. Sure. Some people get to go swimming. Strange, though, that Haley Hodgson was told she couldn't leave her bungalow. So this seems to me to be fake. In the next image, here's a cute young lady, a hot babe or whatever. I don't know how old she is. Maybe she's too young. She seems a little too young. But here she is looking off in the distance, not wearing a mask and stepping off the balcony. Who took the photo? Who was allowed to go near her with no mask on? Where's her mask? Reeks of complete BS. Now, this one seems real, to be honest. Two people sitting separated in their quarantine bungalows while they're having coffee and raising a glass, and they're drinking it while still wearing masks. That one does seem probably real, in my opinion. Now we have some real photos. Loki Ray, ATL Ray on Twitter says, here's a peep at the massive Howard Springs quarantine camp that the Australian army is now transporting people with positive COVID cases to. Well, I just want to give you a little, uh, it's been, you know, about 10 or so days, low key, Ray. It's people who are suspected of having contact. It's not even people who are positive. Here you can see the full hazmat suit people walking around with their little cart full of food. You've got this image where a man is getting a nasal swab by people wearing full PPE. You have this image of the what appears to be barbed wire fences keeping you in. And then you have an image of the entire facility. Now, right over there, it looks like there might be a swimming pool. There might be a swimming pool. Sure. I'm not I'm not claiming that this is like you're you're throwing the gulag or anything like that. I'm saying you give the government the ability to do this. You let them expand it. We know where it goes. Why? Look, they may have the best intentions. They may say we really want to stop COVID. But these people don't want to deal with you. They don't want to protect your rights. They don't care if you're unhappy. They'll just give you a Valium if you're feeling bad. This is torturous. And let me show you this year tweet from Claire Lehman. Truly, some of the most despicable garbage. Now, you look. Claire Lehman used to be a prominent intellectual dark web figure. Quillette was seen by many as a great place to write, you know, to write or to host people and present good ideas. At this point, Quillette is probably one of the worst of the worst. The devil, you know, is uh, better than the one you don't. Is that the saying? I could be getting it way wrong. What is it? Better the devil, you know, than the devil, you don't. Something like that. CNN. Well, we know they're full of it. MSNBC. Yeah. A lot of Fox News, pretty bad. Tucker's all right. Bill Hammer's pretty good. 
And they've got some good news reporting with their opinion people. I'm not a big fan of, of uh, most of Fox News. But to be fair, you know, Gutfeld and Jesse Waters, they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Not perfect. I don't want to, you know, just, you know, play defense for all these organizations. Cool. That's masquerading as a pro-free speech, pro-freedom organization. Meanwhile, covering up how bad things really are for people in Australia. Hot babes, Claire? Hot babes? Well, that hot babe, Haley Hodgson, and I say that because she is objectively an attractive Australian woman. And Claire Lehman said that hot babes were, were, look at this, look at this. Well, okay, well, we got a quote from one and you were wrong. This is where she goes. This is the game she plays. And you'll notice now that it's very much in line with what the woke cult does. She tweeted in reference to what happened with the mass tragedy in Michigan. A 15-year-old kid went on a mm, killing spree at a Michigan high school. But right-wing Americans are more concerned with an imaginary Holocaust happening in Australia than they are than they are with this tragedy. I guess life is cheap in America. Wow, that's an extremely distasteful and stupid thing to tweet, Claire. Um, we are all concerned about mass violence. None of us like it. In fact, it's very prominent in the news, and we've talked a bit about it. She then tweeted, "Okay." I deleted this tweet because people in Michigan are telling me that they are indeed distraught. And it's unfair of me to generalize about Americans in light of tragedy. I apologize for those who don't know. The context is this. I'll, I'll, I'll also additionally point out right wing Americans. Who is Claire feuding with? She's feuding with me, James Lindsay and Majid Nawaz. Majid Nawaz is not an American. He currently resides in London. I believe he's British. Um, he may have citizenship somewhere else, but I think he's, he's, he's British. He's a uh, British citizen. James Lindsay is, um, I don't think, right wing. And if you're being intellectually honest about the facts, yeah, neither am I, because I'm still very much left economically and left uh, center left slightly on progressive issues. The issue is right wing is largely defined by what you think is true and what you think isn't. Claire Lehman referring to right wing Americans is clearly a jab at me and James Lindsay. But calling us right wing clearly shows where she finds herself on the political spectrum. Because anybody who's in the independent or liberty camp would not refer to me as right wing. They call me left wing. They call me a leftist. I'm pro-choice. I'm pro-progressive tax. I'm pro-universal basic health care. Yeah, typically not seen as right wing positions. But I also think that there is a different reality than many on the left do. Claire Lehman clearly falls in the liar category. And of course, this is where she takes it. You'll recognize this strategy because it's common among the woke left and the establishment left. She says, I've been receiving thousands of messages from angry Americans demanding to know why I am an apologist for a totalitarian state after Tim Pool and Conceptual James sicked their followers onto me. I disputed Pool's characterization of our quarantine facilities as concentration camps. To be fair, she did it one time. And then all I did was respond to her. But then she keeps responding. Claire, if you want to make it a conversation, don't get mad at me. If people see that conversation and then criticize you for it. I never told anybody to go after Claire. And in fact, since she blocked me on Twitter, I stopped tagging her. Still, she's arguing it's my fault. This is not just happening on Twitter. Conceptual James, that's James Lindsay and Tim Pool, have sicked their followers onto me on Instagram as well. Uh, no, I, I didn't. I've not once tagged her there. This kind of harassment can lead to distorted thinking. And right now I am not feeling very good about Americans, but I apologize for the offense caused. What's oh, my Instagram? I don't know. I posted a Howard Springs joke 
And uh, okay, to be fair, I did mention her on Instagram. I didn't tag her. I don't even know what her Instagram is. Since she blocked me, I haven't tagged her since. She's a public figure who, who, public figure who runs a prominent uh, organization that has been lying and covering up what has been happening in Australia. If you want to be a public figure, this is what happens. I get it all the time. In fact, I was tweeting rather fervently at Jesse Single, upset that he's lying and publishing that garbage. Although I'm not going to claim he's taking his followers on me or anything like that. I just argue with him and I'll argue with Claire. So why is it that Claire Lehman can sick her followers on me and then cry? You see, it's very much like that meme where you've got a feminist flinging human feces over a wall and it says opinions and the wall is the internet. And then when they fling back, she goes, help, help, misogyny. Claire, you're completely entitled to post all of your nonsense and say whatever you want about me. And I am, in fact, I would say obligated to then criticize you. When I said asterisk concentration camp, I never tweeted at you. I never said anything about you. I simply criticized what your country is doing. You decided to come at me with it, lying about what was going on and defending the state. I pushed back against you because Quillette's supposed to stand for freedom. But you are a manipulative liar now crying that you're being victimized by your own failures. I'll put it that way, failures. In the United States, we can expect things to start getting start getting bad, to be honest. I mean, we're, we're potentially looking at more lockdowns, but Florida seems to be doing a pretty good job. So I don't know where this goes, but I can say one of the reasons why I take particular issue with Claire and Jesse is for one, full disclosure, of course, it's a bit emotional. They targeted me personally and besmirched or impugned my honor. All of the news I put forward was based on legitimate sources, saying concentration camp is nebulous and opinion. I didn't say that Australia was doing things they weren't doing. If you take issue with that, by all means, you can say, yo, it may be a little bad, but not that bad. Instead, they outright said, hot babes. Look at this, Claire. Just discovered there are hot babes in the Howard Springs concentration camp. So Tim Cast calls it. You could have said, it's not good what they're doing. And that's what Josh Zepps did. But then he comes out and he says they're international rival bungalows. Look, I think the only adequate response to what's going on in Australia is to say it's bad, it's gotten worse, and if we don't all speak out now, it will get worse. But I will say one thing. I sympathize with Claire Lehman. I do. I mean, it can't be easy living in Australia, watching your government do this. Now we have stories where, it's, where the, the Australian government allegedly is punishing a woman with a two-week quarantine at this facility for lying to the police. And Claire probably knows. If she speaks out in Australia, they'll come to her home. It must be very difficult to be a coward living in Australia today. And for the people who are, well, I can only tell you this. Cowardice begets more strife. If you refuse to speak out and call it for what it is and criticize it, don't be surprised when it gets worse. If it started with international arrival bungalows and you did not come out and say enough and Claire and Josh didn't, don't be surprised when then in, a two, in two months time, they're taking indigenous people by army truck to these camps. When you then lie and try and make it seem like I'm arguing they're pointing guns at them, you are now actively defending the state. So you know what? Maybe it's wrong of me to imply that Claire Lehman's a coward. In fact, she may be very brave. She may have the intention of supporting the state in their efforts to detain people in these camps. And by doing so, she is now getting heavy criticism from people like me. 
In that case, it's a brave thing to do, knowing she'll face criticism in standing alongside the authoritarians of of Australia. It is brave, crooked, amoral, unethical, evil, but it's brave to do. Sure, it's just scumbaggery. I'll leave it there. Next segment segment is coming up tonight at youtube.com slash timcastirl. It's a live show. Come hang out. We hope to see you there. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you then. During the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, an activist by the name of Cortez Rice, who is a relative of George Floyd, it's been reported, claimed that there were people filming the jury, or at least alluded to that fact. And it seemed like an intimidation attempt. We know who you are. And if you don't give us what we want, we'll come for you. Now, he didn't go as far as to say that other than, yeah, we got people, you know, we know what's going on. And sure enough, there was multiple attempts to film the jury. Now, I don't think this guy Cortez Rice was working with NBC, but big news did drop the other day when body camera footage showed the Kenosha police confronting NBC producer who was stalking the jury bus and who admitted he was trying to make contact with the jury. This is interesting. The cop gets on the phone with a producer in New York, the woman in question, who says, oh, yeah, you know, oh, we're just trying to get in touch with people. Mm. Is this man going to be arrested and charged? I don't know, but he should be, because now we have more information on this man, Cortez Rice, who, uh, well, let me, let me show you this tweet from Andy No, Cortez Rice, a relative of George Floyd who recorded a video saying he knew of people with cameras in the courtroom during the Rittenhouse trial has been arrested for reportedly making contact with jurors. He's jailed in Waukesha County, the far left trying to raise $50,000 for him. Interesting. So Waukesha, as we know, is uh, um, the city is very close. Uh, it's relatively close. I think it's an hour from Kenosha. Now, I don't know exactly why he was arrested. And then I don't know if we should just take the word of these uh, activists on Twitter with what really went down. So I want to make sure I'm careful. This guy, Cortez Rice, is trying to interfere in these criminal trials. That is a fact. How do we know? We have this story from Minnesota, uh, Minnesota's CBS protesters, a protester may have crossed line when filming himself outside supposed home of judge in Kim Potter trial. Cortez Rice helped lead a protest Saturday outside what he believed was Judge Regina Chu's apartment building. Now we'll come back to this, but I'm showing you this for now because I want you to know it is reported CBS local news, Black Lives Matter activist. Well, presumably he's an activist. He's, he's affiliated in some degree. He obviously has strong opinions. Not only is there the video of him saying, alluding to the fact that they've got people watching the jury, but he actually filmed himself going to an apartment where he's like, I don't know if this is the judge's house, but apparently he thought it was. This guy is actively trying to interfere in these court proceedings. Now, He's been arrested for contact, communication with jurors. I don't know if that has anything to do with Kyle Rittenhouse. There's something important we should, we should mention as to Andy No's tweet. Someone by the name of Chaz Neal on Twitter said, on Monday, Cortez Rice was en route home and was pulled over for allegedly speeding. During his traffic stop, the officer informed him he had a warrant issued from Hennepin County, Minneapolis. That was issued on 1124. The warrant is for communication with jurors. Hennepin County, Minneapolis is not Kenosha. So I do not believe this has anything to do with Kyle Rittenhouse. I think that's an important distinction. So I did tweet the story at Andy No. The individual says he has been taken into custody where he will reside and and kept a political prisoner 
until he is expedited back to Minneapolis. Minnesota can take up to 30 days to pick him up. His bond is set for $50,000 cash only. There will be a fundraiser started, not for bail, but to retain his lawyer. More info will be available shortly. Please keep him and his family in prayer and the fight must continue peace and love. They say his bond is set for 50000 There will be a fundraiser, not for bail. They're saying this is for his lawyers. In another series of tweets, someone said, do you want me to notify the National Lawyers Guild? Does he have a lawyer? Which state? They said he got picked up in Wisconsin. I have, co- I have emailed the coordinating committee. It may take a few hours to get responses. Chaz responds with thank you. And you know, that's it. that includes this image, a court record. It says, date 12-1, order, Melvin J. Arthur III, warrant for commitment signed by Judge Melvin on 1130. They say waiver of extradition, cash bond set for Cortez Rice, $50,000. Now this uh, court document does corroborate the $50,000, but I want to make sure we, we, we clear things up. In the tweet from this Chaz Neal person, who I do not consider to be a reliable source, they did not say they were raising money for bail. Andy No says Cortez Rice, a relative of George Floyd, who recorded a video saying he knew of people with cameras in the courtroom during Rittenhouse trial, has been arrested for reportedly making contact with jurors. Very important to clarify in that capacity. It, uh, we don't know if that's true. We don't know if, uh, he, if he's making contact with jurors just based off this one tweet. We do know there's a story saying he went to what he believed was the judge's home. Now, we don't know if he's arrested for trying to go to the judge's home. He may very well have gone to jurors' home because they're, they're, they're choosing the jury right now in the Dante, Dante Wright case in Minneapolis, in Minnesota, or just outside of Minneapolis. This makes much more sense as to what this guy is doing. I think it's fair to say that the details are a little murky. But that's what he's doing. And I will also stress, I believe Andy is, uh, is incorrect. He says the far left is trying to raise $50,000 for him. I don't believe that's what they said. They said his bond is set at $50,000. There will be a fundraiser not for bail. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com but to retain his lawyer. I don't know how much that will ultimately be for or what they're going to try to raise. But sure enough, yes, it does appear this guy has been arrested. We'll need more corroboration moving forward. But I, I, I trust Andy in pulling the court record, showing the, uh, the warrant and, and, and this. this, uh, this. However, I don't know who the court official is or exactly, you know, we don't, we don't have any more information other than it just says cash bond set for Cortez Rice, $50,000 which does corroborate a bit of what Andy says and a bit of what the activist says. Keep that in mind. Take it with a grain of salt until we have, you know, official confirmation and reporting over the reason for his arrest. The court document just says cash bond set for him at $50,000. So suffice it to say, it is, in, it is entirely probable that it was for communication with jurors. Now we have this story, as I mentioned, protest on November 8th, protester, this is about a month ago, 
may have crossed the line when filming himself outside supposed home of judge in Kim Potter trial. For those that aren't familiar, Kim Potter is the officer who was trying to arrest Dante Wright on a felony weapons charge. Apparently, Dante Wright had robbed a woman at gunpoint and then tried uh, reaching. I I suppose uh, it's been reported that he reached down her shirt trying to find money and didn't have it. And then he fled and he had a gun on him. I don't know if he actually ever pointed the weapon at her. I think in the story, they said that he had the gun maybe in his hand when he was demanding the money. And that's all it takes. You don't need to actually point it at him. I I don't know if that's, that's relevant. What we can say is we are increasingly moving towards political trials. That's it. The Ahmed Arbery case, you know, I've been harping on this one for a minute because I believe that there is a serious moral moral conundrum in what went down there, notably with the guy who was simply filming what happened. He's getting life in prison. I don't see how that makes sense. But you've got conservatives and the left celebrating this. No, we need to make sure we know what we're talking about. And these trials need to be handled by their community. But this is this is political for the left. They want the entirety of the country, the culture. They want their ideology to flourish. That means even in a small rural Georgian area, they're going to intervene and interfere. And I believe that's what they did. Now, as the letter of the law, there's some serious questions about, you know, the rights of an individual to make a citizen's arrest. And I can totally respect that, in which case this one's a little bit more nuanced what what the McMichaels did with Ahmed Arbery. But here we have the story about Black Lives Matter increasing their pressure tactics. And I mean, Black Lives Matter individuals who are protesting. I'm not saying it's a top down organization thing increasing their pressure tactics to get what they want in criminal trials. CBS local reports, a protester pushing for transparency. Man, they really do just absolutely cover for these people. In the upcoming Kim Potter trial may have crossed a legal line this weekend. Potter is the former Brooklyn Center police officer charged with manslaughter and the killing of Dante Wright. Cortez Rice helped lead a protest Saturday outside what he believed was Judge Regina Chu's apartment building. Chu is overseeing the Potter trial. During the protest, Rice, who was close with the Wright's family, went into the apartment building and streamed himself live on Facebook as he approached what he believed was the judge's apartment door, saying, quote, I don't know if this is her crib. Rice is in the video, which has since been removed. I think this is her crib right here. We got confirmation that this is her house right here, waiting for the gang to get up here. Yikes, man. Rice then opens a window down the hall and yells down to the protesters. If people stand down there, she'll definitely hear us. Rice leaves to join the crowd outside when a resident questioned who he's there to see. In an interview Monday, Rice told WCCO, I just went there to make sure we were in the right vicinity, that we were at the right place, that they could hear us. He said he wasn't trying to intimidate you or get her to change her mind on any decisions she's made. Well, um, why go to her house? Certainly you can be outside the courtroom and they'll hear you there. No, this is direct intimidation. I don't know if he made contact with jurors. Maybe that's what he got arrested for. Maybe that's like a blanket statute name or something. But it seems like he tried to interfere with the judge. You do that, and don't be surprised, and the judge comes down on you. We simply wanted her to hear what we had to say. Joe Tamborino, a criminal defense lawyer not associated with the trial, says Rice's actions are in somewhat of a gray area. Tamborino says they could be seen as intimidation, which is a felony when the target is a judge. If someone is just roaming the hallway because they're lost, they don't know what's going on. Of course, it's not intimidation, Tamborino said. But Rice has been active in social media, and what he's saying could be used against him to show his intent as to why he went to the judge's residence. Judge Chu is, judge Chu is unable to comment on pending cases or possible investigations into the activity Saturday, a court administration spokesperson said. Chief Judge Barnett, in contact with the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office, 
and he, uh, is in contact, and he is confident in the security and safety plans that they have in place for the state v. Potter trial. In a statement, the Minneapolis Police Department said officers responded to numerous reports of protesters in the area outside of the address. There is no report associated with this incident. MPD is reviewing the circumstances related to the incident. More than a dozen news organizations, including WCCO, have asked the judge through official court procedures to allow live video of the Potter trial. It's unclear when the judge will consider the media's request to reconsider. Well, as we now know, the media is in there. I believe they are filming. I've seen some of the video of the uh, jury selection. And suffice it to say, I don't think we have fair trials anymore. That's just my opinion. You better pray that whatever it is you get in trouble for, it does not go national. Because these people, they'll want you locked up for anything. Kim Potter, on, it's, it's, it's sad uh, that Dante Wright lost his life. It's always sad when someone loses their life, but the shooting was, was justified. And it's unfortunate, it is. But this guy, Dante Wright, was wanted on a felony weapon charge. Felony. And the officer was trying to arrest him. He breaks free, dives into his vehicle. Potter says, taser, 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 pulls a gun instead, shoots him. The official statement was that she was going for a taser and she screwed up. She grabbed the wrong weapon. And uh, in the heat of the moment, it can happen. I think the issue is some, some officers have said your taser is on the front. Your, 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 you know, your handgun is on your right. But in a split second, when this dude's diving into his car and she's the only thing she knows is that he's got a felony weapons possession. She's like, I got to stop him. In the heat of the moment, she grabbed her gun instead. If she had not screamed taser, 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 followed by, oh my God, I'm going to prison. I think she said, oh my God, but she said, I'm going to prison. And then putting out a statement through the police where it's like she made a mistake, she would not have been charged with anything. They would have said a man wanted on a felony weapons charge dove into his vehicle, creating a reasonable uh, uh, fear of death or great bodily harm. And Kim Potter was justified in shooting him. If you're wanted on these charges, I, got, I just got to say, look, when we say things like just comply, when we say things like if you're being arrested, you put your hands behind your back, you keep your mouth shut. Not in every single circumstance, obviously, does it make sense. If there is a cop who's like evil and like very clearly a criminal and acting outside the law, you know, obviously, you, you, if you're in fear for your life, there's certain there's certain reasonable expectations a human has. Now, if it is a lawful, if it is a police officer engaging in a lawful activity, and uh, within the, the, the realm of reasonability, and I say that, I'll clarify, you put your hands behind your back, you keep your mouth shut, and you have to deal with it. And it's, and, and it can be nightmarish. There are lines, you know, when I say reasonability, because we all know what happened in World War II, and we all know that certainly there's a point where legality does not equal morality. But in this instance, you are wanted on a felony weapons charge. Yo, okay, yo, I do not believe such thing, a thing should exist that you could be criminally charged for simply possessing a weapon. But the charge was robbery. At that point, if you are wanted for an armed robbery, and an officer is trying to bring you in. Yo, you broke the law. Seriously broke the law. Don't be surprised. And I'm saying this to everybody else. If an officer says this guy is a felony robbery suspect who jumped into his car and could be reaching for a weapon and the person gets shot and killed. The BLM activists in this in this regard are completely unreasonable. Now, I've had it where I've been pulled over and cops have tried planting drugs on me and I've been pulled over and given bad tickets and I've gone through the system and the system has screwed me over. It's not great. We have problems. I've been to other countries and I can tell you the system we have here is one of the best. You get a defense and it sucks. It sucks that it's still as bad as it is. 
considering it's so much better than everywhere else in the world for the most part. So we got to make changes. We should strive to reform the system and, and, and do better and make changes. But I'll tell you this, when I get stopped, when I, when, when I was at uh, J, J, was it J20, I think it was, J21, I don't know, in DC when Trump was getting inaugurated, I think it was J20, and the police did a mass arrest. And I was told three times by the cops are under arrest. I didn't scream. I didn't fight. I didn't demand the cops get out of my way. I walked to the far right corner of the net where they had everyone you know, set up. It wasn't a net. It was just cops surrounding everybody. And I just was like, just want to let you know, officer, I'm a journalist. I'm just here filming. And the cop was like shaking his head. And then I was like, is there a supervisor? And they pointed a guy. And I was like, excuse me, uh, officer. And he walks over. He's like, what do you need? And I was like, my name is Tim Poole. I'm a journalist. I have my press card. And he's like, don't care. You're all under arrest. And I was like, just wanted to let you know, not arguing with you. Just wanted to let you know. And he said, okay. Several times I was just like, I'm just a journalist, just a journalist. When I was putting my bag down because I needed to put, I, was, I think I was grabbing my shirt. It's January. Uh, the officer to my right, I said, officer, I uh, just want to let you know I'm going to open my bag and pull out my button up shirt. We're getting a little chilly or something like that. And the officer gave like a little nod. I did that because that cop is like, these people are all screaming. These people are setting fires. These people are smashing windows. I don't know who any of them are. So if I put my bag down and just reach in for something, the cop's going to be like, yo, I don't know what you're grabbing. Don't care. So I did it very slow. I opened up, just grabbing my shirt. Just wanted you to know, want to be respectful. Why? As much as I don't agree with the fact that I was being arrested, I also understand you are in a system. You are in a machine. What ends up happening? The lieutenant walks back over. Lieutenant Washington was his name. And he says, who's the, who's the journalist? And he looks at this woman and he, and he fans her over and she pulls out. He's like, show me your press card. And I wave to him. And he goes, all right, and he, and he, and he calls me out, and, he, and who else is journalist? And he pulls them all out. What had happened was a local news outlet called and said, we know you got journalists in there. You need to get them out. And I had politely said to the cop, so he pulled me out. I show, he said, show me your press card. I was like, I got three, bro. I was like, here's my old one from my other company, and here's the one. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine, fine. He's like, go that way and walk right out. We'll have some cops escort you. It was wrong what the police did, in my opinion. But they had a riot on their hands. One of the biggest challenges with dealing with this kind of crime and dealing with the law is that population density is destroying everything. I tweeted this the other day. If the courts do not have the time or the ability to have a proper bail hearing, then they should not have the right to remand, period. In the Derek Chauvin trial, when the judge said there is nowhere in the state there could be a trial that is not tainted by the media, I said, then you let him go. Charges dropped with prejudice. Why? If you can't have a fair trial, the state should not have the right to condemn someone to imprisonment or any kind of retribution or, or, or political cover up. The judge actually said that in the Chauvin case. As far as I can tell, you know, I'm talking to uh, Andrew Branca, the law of self-defense, excellent analysis on all this stuff. And when, uh, you know, we're talking, he said the problem with bail hearings and bail reform is that they have too many criminals. There's no time to get through all of this. If they actually gave like a proper hearing on the evidence, then they would be doing only a handful of uh, defend, uh, suspects or, or uh, you know, per day. And I'm like, yo, I am innocent until proven guilty. Everyone is. Even Kim Potter, even Derek Chauvin, even uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, even Gage Grosskreutz, he's not been accused of any, charged with any crimes, though. I don't care if you're on the left or the right. This dude, Cortez Wright, is, Rice, is innocent until proven guilty in his charges. Suffice it to say, we know he did film himself at the judge's residence or what we believe to be the judge's residence, which, which shows his intention is 
to intimidate. He said things on video before, but as to whether or not he's guilty of a crime, innocent until proven guilty. So that's, that, that, that's when I come in and I, I say bail reform all the way. I don't think the state should be able to be like, you've been accused of a crime, 500 bucks, or you're staying in jail until your, 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 your trial. Kyle Rittenhouse was locked up for 87 days unless he could raise $2 million. $2 million. Thanks to Mike Lindell, eventually he got after 87 days. Not okay. Because it turns out, and this is what pisses me off. When you, when you were guilty of a crime, they put you in jail. Let's say you're in jail for 90 days. And then you, because you can't get bail. Then you go to trial and they say, we find you guilty. You'll serve one year in jail. Nine months already served, time served and holding. So three more months. What happens when you're like Kyle Rittenhouse and you're proven not guilty? Dude spends three months in jail and they say, sorry about that. I believe the state should have to compensate a base rate. Nothing crazy, not like, you know, a million bucks or something like that. I've always wondered if you get locked up for, you know, nine, you know, three, three months awaiting trial and then you're found not guilty. What's the state's obligation to compensate you for what they took from you? Nothing unless it's malicious. The state in good faith brought charges against you. You were found innocent, free to go. No, 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 no. Innocent until proven guilty. If I'll I'll put it this way. If I citizens arrest you because I have reasonable suspicion, you just committed a crime. Maybe I watched you like tussling with someone and you grab a wallet from them. And then I say, stop. And I grab the guy and pin him down and call the police. And I say, officer, I witnessed him grabbing a wallet from somebody. And then the guy says, it's my wallet. I was getting it back from the guy who took it from me. And then the officers open it up and he opens it up and there's his ID and there's his credit cards all with his name on it, picture of his face. And I'm like, oops, he can sue me. He can say, you had probable cause to stop me. You watched me do this. You elite, you detained me. It was wrongful. You made an assumption. Yeah, he can sue you. You can be sued for that. Probably lose. Why is it that the state can basically say, due to the density of of crime, you are not afforded due process. We now lock you up. Sir Kyle Rittenhouse, you will be locked up for three months. We will compensate you nothing when it turns out we are wrong. No, 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 state. Let's put it this way. If the state wants to take a leap of faith that I'm guilty and they haven't proven it to a jury, front the costs. If someone is in holding pre-conviction, I believe it should be a very nice standard hotel setting. I am not joking. Now, some people are repeat offenders. If you want to give a bail hearing and you want to say, okay, we've weighed the evidence and we believe there's a reasonable amount of bail, I'm fine with that. If you're a violent offender or you target people, pickpocketing, attacking them, you're a threat to society. If that probable cause evidence can be presented and the defense does not dispute the evidence saying, yes, that video is, but we have, you know, we want to fight this during trial or something like uh, the video of Kyle Rittenhouse. We watched a video of him firing the gun. Well, there's a question as to self-defense. I think it's fair to say, well, it's a violent crime. It's on video. Then maybe there should be remand. They said they they put him in. uh, uh, My point is, when it's later proven that he was not guilty, the state should be responsible. I think so. Why is it that Kyle Rittenhouse has his life, you know, or, or anybody would be put in jail and not compensated for it? If jury, when you do your dirt, your, your duty on a jury trial, they have to compensate you. I don't pay you very well, but I'll put it this way. Maybe the state doesn't have to pay people 
If they're like, look, you were in for three months. We were wrong. That's on us. Here's, you know, middle class median income at, you know, $60,000 a year for three months. Here's, you know, a couple, you know, several thousand dollars for our time we wasted of you. I think they should have to do that. Maybe not, though. At the very least, if you're being held in jail, Cal Rittenhouse said he didn't have a working shower. He didn't have proper food. He was losing weight. How is that okay? If the state wants to hold someone before they're proven guilty, the conditions must be, in my opinion, middle class median. You get a king bed, you get turned down service, you got a TV, you get access to the internet, but you can't leave. I actually think that's reasonable because we don't know you're guilty. We want to prove to the people that you are, but some people aren't. So putting you in a box with no shower is not okay. Those are below poverty conditions. You have no right to do that to somebody you've not proven guilty, at least in my opinion. We'll see what happens. I'm all for police reform. Private prison systems are totally screwed up. I almost swear, was getting, getting swearing. They should be absolutely abolished. I believe we need to completely over, overhaul the prison system, our justice system. We don't have a justice. We have a legal system. I believe that when people are convicted of a crime, I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's George Floyd. I don't care if it's a, a, a gang banger in Chicago shooting and killing someone. I do not believe putting them in these jails or these prisons is solving anything. I would rather if somebody, you know, committed a crime like murder, I'd rather put them in a hotel with a with turn down service and all that and lock the door and say, keep them comfortable, give them therapy. But prison ain't doing it. It's not doing it. We all know it. The system is broken. You get that story in Michigan where the judge was basically giving kickbacks to uh, the private pr- or, or getting, I'm sorry, getting kickbacks from the private prisons for sending kids to juvie, destroying lives. Not okay. I don't know if we'll figure out. I hope we do. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see y'all then. As we teeter back and forth, slowly inching our way unbalanced towards the edge of oblivion, The song that always comes to mind is the song from the beginning of Fallout 3, I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire. You know the one, I don't want to set the world on fire. Yeah, I love that song. And uh, whenever I see stories like this, and boy, do we got a lot, I just, that song gets stuck in my head. For those that aren't familiar, I know maybe a little bit esoteric. Fallout 3, Fallout series is about a post-apocalyptic world. And one of the best games ever made, I swear, it starts with the radio playing that song and then pans out to the post-apocalyptic wasteland. We have the story from CNN. DeSantis proposes new civilian military force in Florida that he would control. Now, of course, people don't really understand the greater context of a civilian defense force. I believe there exists like 23 in the United States. It's not actually that uncommon there. Um, I believe this one would be a volunteer volunteer force. It'd be funded the tune of a couple million dollars. And it basically provides Ron DeSantis a, 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 a workforce that can handle things like emergencies, disasters, emergency preparedness, kind of like the National Guard. The National Guard is under Pentagon control for the most part. So Ron DeSantis is like, we should have something like this in Florida that would help us respond better to crises and not have to deal with Joe Biden. Now, on the surface, it doesn't actually sound like that big of a deal, in my opinion. But I think it can be. On the left, however, they're screaming Gestapo, claiming Ron DeSantis is trying to create a Gestapo. Um, I think there's actually something here that's worth talking about. The relationship between Florida and the uh, Democratic establishment in Washington is so tumultuous 
that Ron DeSantis says we're going to have to make our own civilian military force because we can't rely on the feds. Now, again, it may seem in, uh, in, uh, very innocuous, right? M- many states have these things already, but it's just another grain of sand dropped into the heap that is this country is falling apart. Already we have this story out of Oklahoma. Oklahoma's vaccine mandate rejection won't apply to guardsmen going to drill weekend, DOD argues. In this story, they actually talk about how the Pentagon said, if you do not mandate vaccines for the Oklahoma National Guard, you will fall out of sync with the Federal National Guard and you will effectively be state militia. And then we have this. Young people in great numbers actually believe there is a high chance of a second civil war. So yeah, when these stories all start lining up, the one thing I think of is that I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to uh, start a flame in your heart. It's a great song, by the way, regardless of whether or not you're a fan of the Fallout series. CNN reports Florida Governor Ron DeSantis wants to reestablish a World War II era civilian military force that he, not the Pentagon, would control. DeSantis pitched the idea Thursday as a way to further support the, support the Florida National Guard during emergencies like hurricanes. Considering Florida has a really high chance relative to everywhere else of getting slammed by hurricanes, this seems like not that big a deal to me. The Florida National Guard has also played a vital role during the pandemic in administering COVID-19 tests and distributing vaccines. But in a nod to the growing tension between Republican states and the Biden administration over the National Guard, DeSantis also said this unit called the Florida State Guard would would be not encumbered by the federal government. He said this force would give him the flexibility and the ability needed to respond to events in our state in the most effective way possible. DeSantis is proposing bringing it back with a volunteer force of 200 civilians, and he is seeking $3.5 million from the state legislature in startup costs to train and equip them. States have the power to create defense forces separate from the National Guard, though not all of them use it. If Florida moves ahead with DeSantis's plan to reestablish the civilian force, it would become the 23rd active state guard in the country. So I'm wrong. 22 other Florida would be 23rd. DeSantis's office said in a press release joining California, Texas and New York, these guards are little known auxiliary forces with origins dating back to the advent of state militias in the 18th century. While states and the Defense, uh, Defense, uh, Department of Defense share control of the National Guard. State guards are solely in the power of the governor. The proposal from DeSantis comes in the heels of Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's directive warning that National Guard members who refuse to get vaccinated against the coronavirus will have their pay withheld and barred from training. Oklahoma, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, a Republican, had requested an exemption for Guard members in his state. It's actually getting really bad. We have this story from The Hill. Oklahoma sues to exempt National Guard from Pentagon vaccine mandate. The fear is they're going to get discharged. These National Guardsmen are going to be like, we out. And then Oklahoma and Florida likely will not have a civil defense force. So they have to make one because you can't rely on the federal government. Now we'll get to those stories, but I want to make sure I highlight the wonderful world of Twitter because Gestapo is currently trending. Why? DeSantis wants to create his own Gestapo in Florida, but the people who favor vaccine mandates are the Nazis. Okay. One person said DeSantis is forming a Gestapo police force in Florida, a state that already requires you to report your party affiliation before you can attend a college in the state. Be very afraid. I think uh, the one the one tweet I just read before, this guy's being sarcastic. Oh, he wants to make a Gestapo, but the people who want the mandates are the Nazis. Sure. I, oh, I see what he's saying. Yeah, he's on the left. It's, it's hard to parse. He's saying, you want to call the people who want mandates Nazis, but you're making a Gestapo? Oh, wow. So New York is mandating vaccines and they already have a Gestapo? 
You know, these people are nuts. Look, it's stupid to call it a Gestapo, and you can see it's here trending on Twitter. But it is, in my opinion, worrying as to the direction of this country. If states feel they can no longer rely on the federal government, then at what point is confidence broken? And they say, why are we even bothering talking to you? Joe Biden's out of his gourd. We have no idea what's going on with the House because they can't agree on anything. So what's the point? And then you get the Supreme Court. Brett Kavanaugh the other day on the, on the Roe v. Wade arguments is like, why, why is this an argument for the court? Why isn't Congress picking this up? And I'm like, he's right. Why are they trying to pass legislation through the Supreme Court? That's dumb. It should go through Congress. That's what it's supposed to do. All right, here we go. Abby Libby on Twitter. Just these random people. Hey, Australia, 1940s Germany called. They want their Gestapo back. This is the problem we face. People who are really dumb, but politically active. I don't know how you solve for that issue. I mean, people are allowed to be stupid. And they're allowed to speak and they're allowed to vote and all that stuff. I don't think. And, and, and I've defended stupid people before. The idea that you could ban stupid people from the conversation for being dumb is scary because everyone thinks they're smarter than everybody else. But what I mean to say in this regard, that these people don't seem to realize that California uh, and, and New York already have these. So those are blue states, the bluest. So does that mean we can all complain now that New York and California are operating Gestapos? Oh, come on. I love what's going on with Australia because I got to have a bigger story on this uh, 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 later, but they literally have internment camps. Okay, maybe concentration camp was a little too hyperbolic. I'll be the first to admit it. Of course, I was trolling and being hyperbolic, but they're literal internment camps. And there are people who are just like, nah, and I'm like, here's a video. Nope. There's a video of a woman and nope. Okay, sure. But let's let's bring it back to the United States because we'll get into the Australia stuff in, in, in later on or in the podcast. You already heard that stuff. But here we go from the Military Times. They say both the governor and adjutant general of the Oklahoma of, of Oklahoma have said they will not enforce the Pentagon's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for troops under their authority. The question now is how much authority they actually have. The DOD has the authority to mandate vaccines in support of medical readiness. A defense official told reporters on Wednesday, reiterating statements going back to Friday from Pentagon spokesman John Kirby, quote, I don't believe there's any dispute. The secretary of defense and the secretaries of military departments have the ability to establish medical readiness requirements that apply to all of the active and reserve components, including the National Guard, whether or not the governor forces that under his or own his or her own authority is another matter. But it in no way relieves members of the National Guard from compliance with medical readiness requirements established by the Secretary of Defense and the secretaries of the military departments. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in August announced that COVID-19 vaccination would be mandatory for troops. The service services have since set their own deadlines, giving reserve components at least 30 extra days. The issue in Oklahoma comes down to whether its guardsmen will be allowed to go without a vaccine. They won't. Uh, it's not whether they'll be allowed to go without a vaccine. They won't. But who will hold them accountable for violating the mandate and what their military careers will look like if they do? National Guard forces are under the command of state governors uh, unless under a federal activation, including during some emergency relief mobilizations, deployments abroad, required annual training and professional military education needed to earn promotions. It also includes federally funded monthly drill weekends during which the guardsmen earn days toward their total time in service to be eligible for federal veteran benefits. So while Oklahoma guardsmen might be able to activate on state orders or participate in state training, they will not be eligible for the most basic commitments of their jobs in uniform and will be subject to repercussions handed down by the Army or Air Force. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt 
said in a November 2nd letter that 10% of the state's troops had refused the vaccine and called the DOD's mandate irresponsible. I'm not going to speculate as to what actions Secretary of uh, of Defense or Secretary of the Military Departments might take as the deadline approaches. National Guard units are unique in that they are a hybrid of state militia and federal troops. So an Oklahoma National Guard soldier who isn't vaccinated by June 30th can still show up for drill, for example, but they wouldn't be entitled to pay for it. The question becomes then how the Pentagon or the services will hold troops and their chains of command accountable for eschewing the mandate. Quote, I'm not going to speculate as to how uh, on how any actions might actually be taken by the department in the future. One possibility is that the Air, Army and Air Force will have to do their own audit for guard troops. In Oklahoma, where the top general has said he won't enforce the mandate, the services may not be able to rely on those lower level leaders. In that case, they would have to reach down to get a list of troops who would be separated and possibly levy consequences on any leaders who did not enforce the mandate. Defense Secretary Austin has not spoken to the governor or adjutant to General Kirby told reporters Tuesday. Now, it's somewhat of a separate issue. But the interesting thing here was that in the story, they brought up how the Pentagon or someone there basically said, if they don't do this, they will become state militia. The reason I bring it up in this context is because we have this story here from NPR. Young Americans are raising alarms about the state of U.S. democracy in a new poll. In the story from NPR, they say, The Harvard Youth Poll is one of the most extensive efforts to poll young Americans who are notoriously difficult to survey. The poll of 2,109 18 to 29 year old U.S. residents was conducted between October 26 and November 8th with interviews in English and Spanish. The poll also found that nearly half of young Republicans say there is a 50% chance or better that they will see a second civil war in their lifetimes, compared to 32% of young Democrats and 38% of independent or unaffiliated voters. Della Volpe, said that among that along with Republicans, young people without college experience, Latino young people and those who indicated they lived in small towns were more likely to to uh, to say they believed a civil war could occur in their lifetimes. And why is that? Well, I'll tell you this. For the Democrats being the lowest percentage, but still at about one third of young Democrats believe they could see uh, or believe there is a chance that they uh, or better, they could see a second civil war. The reason I think they're the lowest they get their news from CNN, MSNBC, etc. And while those outlets have discussed the potential for civil war, you know, they're keeping those people in a bubble. Republicans, of course, are more likely to watch independent, individual-based news sources, and thus they probably have their ear to the ground a bit better. The same is true for independent voters and unaffiliated, 38%, still much lower than Republicans. But there's also the possibility that when it comes to political power, Democratic young people are like, there won't be a civil war because we are winning. And that could be it. When they know these 18 to 29 year olds, many of whom, uh, I mean, Antifa is comprised of many young people, when they know they can go out, smash buildings and literally kill 25 people like they did in the George Floyd riots. And I'm talking about the extremists, not general young people. Why would they feel any alarm at all about a civil war? Well, apparently one third do. But perhaps there is a large portion of them who are either ignorant or also feel like, look, Every time Antifa or BLM goes out and kills people, and they've done it many times, I'm not acting like it's hundreds of people. We had 25 dead in the George Floyd riots. We had Aaron Danielson. Nothing happens. When that dude in Waukesha got in his SUV and he had expressed support for Black Lives Matter and black nationalism, and then he mowed down 60 plus people, killing six and injuring, I believe, like 60. More than 60 were run over. The media covers it up. They said an SUV did it. An SUV, and then they stopped talking about it a day later. 
We're going to talk about this guy's motivations were nope. So you've got a combination of people knowing if they're politically active on the left, they don't got to worry about it because they're going to win because they control the, 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 the beacons. They control the, the broadcast towers. But then you also have a large portion that aren't seeing the stories. Republicans certainly know a guy who had black nationalist sympathies and BLM sympathies got in a vehicle and rammed and mowed down a bunch of white people. And he had posted about wanting to hurt white people. Sounds like his motivation was there, wasn't it? Republicans know this. So they feel like, man, we are headed towards civil war. The Democrats just watch CNN, so they got no idea what's going on. So this brings me back to Ron DeSantis and the Oklahoma National Guard and why I bring these up all in the same context. If Ron DeSantis feels that he needs to establish a civilian defense force because the federal government isn't there, then the federal government's influence over these states has been waning dramatically. Earlier in the year, Joe Biden came out and said, we need, you know, more lockdowns, more restrictions. Florida had already reopened. Texas had had reopened. South Dakota never closed. And a bunch of red states were like, what are you talking about? Joe Biden was not speaking to these states. He was not unifying anything. Joe Biden was literally just addressing blue states. Now we have June 2022, Supreme Court's ruling on the Mississippi abortion uh, law. There are many people who say that the Supreme Court will overturn Roe v. Wade. You are going to have a president who does not speak to Republicans, Republican governors who do not have confidence in the, in the federal level establishment politics. You are going to have young people who overwhelmingly believe, uh, I should say overwhelming, but large portions, a third to half, who believe we could face a second civil war. You've got Ron DeSantis then deciding, I need my own civilian defense force. You have the Oklahoma National Guard saying, we will not comply with your mandates. And they're suing now to exempt the Guard from the Pentagon vaccine mandate. This is all just signs stacking up, suggesting we are moving towards peaceful divorce, national divorce, civil war. I don't know. So people say, when I talk about things that are all factually correct, Unless the Hill and the C- and CNN are made, and Military Times and NPR have made, made all of this stuff up, I think they're decent news sources, so I tend to trust them, but they get things wrong. They say, well, you, you may be telling the truth, but it, you know, it's, it's fear-mongering. I don't know, man. I mean, to be fair, maybe. I just talk about things that give me pause that I'm passionate about. And I suppose the issue is then people agree enough to listen. I don't know what to say. You know, uh, we've got, I, I tweeted a video about Spider-Man. We got a new show on uh, TimCast.com, Pop Culture Crisis. Guess what? We got a video talking about Spider-Man. Because I like Spider-Man. I'm really excited for the new Spider-Man movie. I don't only talk about that. I made a show to talk about other stuff. We have the Cast Castle vlog. We're having hot dogs. I ordered a bunch of hot dogs from Chicago. <gasps> oh no, the conspiracy theorists are alarmed. Yeah, it's called Portillo's. It's awesome. If you've ever been to Chicago and you get a, you got to get a Portillo's hot dog, Chicago style, the pickle and the celery salt and the peppers and the tomato and the onions. Mm, I tell you what, Chicago's got hot dogs done right. They also got deep dish pizza, but we got a vlog going up. We're going to be uh, grilling hot dogs outside and it's going to be fun because we don't just talk about that. And that's why I think it's really important that we have tales from the inverted world. And I think it's really important why we have Pop Culture Crisis, the new show we just launched. The YouTube channel is up. Go check it out. Go find it. And you can hang out with the crew as they talk about Spider-Man and uh, Brendan Fraser may do another mummy movie. That I think would break the box office. I would be so excited to see that because I'm like, look, I've got some channels where I talk about things that, that worry me politically, and I don't want to just make content that has people constantly on edge, but I see this stuff and it puts me on edge and I want to talk about it. 
I think it's fair to also say I read about, you know, Marvel movies and Spider-Man and pop culture stuff. And I'm like, we should definitely make some of that too. have it on the website and have like a general all, you know, just like, I don't know, content, culture, all that good stuff. Because while it is true, all this bad stuff is happening and the grains of sand are being added to the heap. And I think we are genuinely heading in this direction. We do need to make sure we're being rational, reasonable and, and remaining calm. But this is the problem I see with all of this and why I bring up this culture stuff. I'm not making it up when I read to you from thehill.com, Oklahoma sues to exempt National Guard from Pentagon vaccine mandate. And if you read the story, you, on its face, you might just be like, I don't know. But then when, when you're someone like me, here, here's my issue. You know what? I have a pretty good memory, not a perfect memory. I have a pretty good memory. I used to do nonprofit fundraising. You guys know this, where I would like talk to people on the street. They would hand over my credit cards. I could see the credit card and photograph, like photographic memory, the 16 digit code on it giving me about a second to take a mental picture. And then I would just remember that 16 digit code. And so having a good memory means when I read about the Hill, Oklahoma, Oklahoma sues to exempt National Guard from vaccine mandate. I'm also reminded of the quote from the spokesperson who said, if they don't do this, they will effectively be, be state militia and no longer in alignment with the federal, you know, the Pentagon's National Guard thing. So I bring that up. I see those two stories and I say, hey, wait a minute, if these two things are happening, it could possibly lead to this. And so a lot of people ask me all the time, they're like, who writes the scripts for the videos you do? And I was like, I don't have any scripts. And they're like, well, how do you do it? I was like, I turn the camera on and start talking. Like, how do you just talk nonstop? I'm like, I don't, I have a, I remember everything. Not everything. I'm being somewhat facetious or hyperbolic, I should say is a better way to put it. But I, 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 I see these stories and I'm like, whoa, DeSantis is putting together a civilian guard. What does that mean? I do some research. Then I think about that's right. When it comes to the distribution of monoclonal antibodies, Joe Biden intervened and was like, we're going to send them somewhere else. And he was like, no, we need these. And there was bickering. And he's basically saying, I don't feel confidence in the federal government. And then, of course, if you look back to the stuff that we, we know about the Civil War, when confidence breaks in the federal government's ability to handle things, states start seceding. Then we had John Podesta back in 2020, who, according to the Boston Globe, said, if Donald Trump wins, the West Coast should secede from the union. And I'm like, all of that stuff seems to be piling up. But to be fair, just because I remember all of these things and I see the path we're kind of on doesn't mean that anyone else will and could entirely mean that, I don't know, tomorrow there could be a major event politically and everyone forgets everything else and just calms down. There's a lot of things that could potentially bring us together, but I think I got to be honest with you. I don't see it. I don't see it. Here's what I, here's what I do. You know, I see a lot of things. When I worked for Vice, I told them this is back in 2013. What you should do is have a producer who films videos with all of your journalists, all of your main personalities, and gives them their own channels like, like it's a Twitter account or something. Because where YouTube is headed is individual personalities and single show channels. What Vice had been doing was one channel with all the different content on it. And I'm like, it doesn't really work because a person who likes you know, news about cupcakes may not watch news about pizzas. So what happens is you need to make a cupcake channel, you make the, make, make the pizza channel. They said, it's a really great idea, but you know, whatever. And so then I launch a channel and sure enough, it works because people are like, I like watching this one guy's show. They view it incorrectly. Now there are things like that that allow me to do well. Launching the website was a good idea. I should have done it sooner. And I see these things and I say, if X, then Y, Z may come next. You know, I, I, maybe that's, maybe that, teach your kids this. You know, the pattern stuff where it's like, the pattern will be like one, one, two, three, you know, and the pattern goes up and it's like, what's the next number? 
I'm, I'm, I'm decently good at that, trying to figure out how they come to this position. And what ends up happening is certainly I make a lot of wrong predictions, but I think based on the ability to, to grow the business and, and do everything we're doing, I've slightly made better predictions than, than I, I've, I've been slightly more right than wrong. It's all it takes. It's the house edge, right? When I look at all this stuff about the National Guard, what I don't see is de-escalation. I see fighting in the streets. I see a BLM activist going to a judge's house, getting arrested for something related to that. And I'm like, wow, that's not happened in recent history. We get people getting shot in the streets. We get a civilian defense force being launched because states don't believe in the federal government. And I'm like, these things point in one direction. They don't point towards harmony. They point towards disorder. So maybe I'm wrong because there are certain things I don't see. Or maybe these things equal escalation. You decide, man. Maybe I'm not right. We'll see how it plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.